Hello and welcome to Everyone is Everything, episode five. Today I talked to Christopher Scoville, um, otherwise known as Jimmy Jacobs. He has been uh, involved in the world of professional wrestling for a very long time as a performer and a writer. But for today, we just get headfirst into the deep end in terms of uh, what it is to be human and what it is to be here at all. So enjoy Christopher Scoville. So how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good, good. I was scared for a second. We just had some IT stuff and I'm not an IT guy. So I was sure this wasn't going to happen for about 15 seconds. Here we um, are. Right, here we are. Um, as we are supposed to be, I expect. Probably, uh, generally in all circumstances. That's probably how it works, yeah. Right, at least that's how I like to think about it. Uh, it's interesting too, because I... Um, coming into this i i wasn't sure how to start it and i had and like last night i was laying down and i was like my brain wouldn't stop and it was coming up with like ways to start this interview and you know and then i realized uh that was purely ego it was coming up with ways that i could you know maybe ease your way into it or make me look like i knew what i was talking about or whatever it was and then it just paused and i was like oh just just practice, practice what you preach and just like, no, Sean, don't bring Sean into this. And so I, I kind of want to start acknowledging that um, because one thing I want to get into you with you is identity. I think identity is such a, such a significant thing. And I heard you talk about it uh, a little bit on that Taylor Wilde podcast, um, which was, I, I highly recommend people check that out. But uh, I'm just going to leave that at the door and let this be whatever it is. Yeah, man. Well, look, uh, bring Sean into it somewhat. I mean, because well, you, you can't not bring Sean into it. So look, there's, um, I think there's a, um, a natural process, right? You, you're born, you grow up, and you think you're this character that everybody's told you are and you believe you are. And you identify sort of as the psychophysical um, character. And you think that you have all these characteristics and that that's me. And I have these beliefs. I identify with my beliefs. That's me. Should anybody, um, should anybody else's view rub up against my view of myself, my self-identification, uh, the ego has to fight back on it. That's going, no, that's not true. No, uh, it's it's insane what people do when they feel subconsciously that their their character is being attacked or they you know because as you identify if i identify with let's say a belief in in whatever in a belief that i'm a smart guy let's say and you call me dumb i go no i'm not dumb you know, mm -hmm. take it back or if i believe in um you know i'm a democrat or a republican and you you know, you're the opposite. I feel the need to defend my position because 
it feels as though when you identify with your beliefs and identify with all these sort of transient things, every time something comes into conflict with that, it feels as though your life is at stake and your, you know, your, uh, your nervous system has this program inside of it to go, oh, oh, I'm in danger. I need to defend it. And yeah, you start living in that, in that tension that your body holds because it's holding a program of tension. The same way that if a madman came in here with a knife right now, my body would spring into action. The same way your body will spring into action if you uh, say something or do something that rubs up and conflicts with my self-identity, right? And that's dangerous. That's a hard way to live, right? And it's, it's self-limiting. And of course, look, limitation is inherent in, in existence. I don't want to say that, oh, you're, you're absolutely limitless. No, it's like, no, actually, we live right. in a game of limitation because you can't have a game without limitation. And the thing that limits you is also the thing that protects you. So you need an identity with limitation in order to protect yourself, in order to maneuver through reality. Right. Then at some point you go, oh, this thing that I thought I was, I'm not. Right. Um, you know, oh, I thought I was bad with my emotions. That's what I thought about me. I'm I'm a guy that's bad with my emotions. I go, oh no, that's just a, a habit I've picked up and I can mm-hmm. learn to manage my emotions. So I am not this thing that I thought I was. That was just an attribute of a character that I created for myself. And so you can start sort of running down the list of these things. This is how I did it. It was very, it was very intuitive process. I didn't read a book and they said, Oh, you are not your thoughts, you are not this. It was just something that happened, right? And at the end of it, you go, okay, so I, I think I'm this loyal guy. It's like, well, who, who is it when I'm not loyal? Is it someone else? Mm-hmm. I think I'm a smart guy. Well, who's the dumb guy that shows up when I'm around, right? And so all these things for me started to peel away. And the question was like, well, what's, what's underneath the whole thing? Right. And at the end of it, you go, oh, I am, and there's different ways to say this, right? I am... Uh, awareness itself i am consciousness itself you know some people go i am the universe um itself um you know for me it's like it's the a point of attention of in infinite consciousness that we're all a part of right that i'm the thing that is experiencing chris I'm also the thing that's playing as Chris. I'm also right. the thing that's controlling as Chris. You, you, you hear a lot of people go, oh, you, you, you are pure awareness. You go, well, if I'm the thing that's awareness, which is receiving information, I must also be the thing that's giving information. So I'm both the uh, receiver and the giver. I am right. I'm awareness. I'm, I'm the awareness and I'm the doer. I'm the free will consciousness. I'm the one making decisions behind the 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 character the costume of chris uh so i'm so so i'm some sort of infinite thing uh experiencing uh, limitation in this corporal form but then you go well i gotta be something to here right i can't solely identify as infinite awareness otherwise what wh- what do you do what do you, I'm, I'm just the thing that's aware. That's all I am. I've got no um, qualities otherwise. So you have to have some sort of identity that involves limitation. Otherwise, there's no game to play. 
Right. Otherwise, how, how do you act? How do you act if you're not someone with preferences, let's mm-hmm. say, right? And so you have to, you are, I don't, I don't want to use the word trapped because it's got a sort of a negative connotation, but you have to, you, you are existing in the ego no matter what. And it's just, for me, it's the freedom to pull back from that and go, okay, this, this is, I don't need to defend this because this isn't actually who I am, but I need to play. I need to play as Chris. Right. And what that is changes throughout time. So I, so I don't need to hold strongly and tightly onto the character because, oh my gosh, if I'm not this, then what am I? Because I know what I am underneath that. Um, so it's, it's the balance. You find that in, in, in all things. It's the balance between openness and, and boundaries, which is the, the feminine and the masculine. So if I go, oh, I'm all, I'm all infinite. I'm all spirit. I'm all awareness. You go, well, you're, you're missing this half of the game, which is I am a, a a character with some limitations. I am, uh, yeah, I'm a character with some, some limitations. And the, the thing you want to be is the thing that walks the middle path. The, the thing that is in this world, but not of this world. The thing that balances the light and the dark. Too much light, you go blind. Not enough night light, you, you can't see. So you're the thing in the middle. You're the thing right. constantly balancing chaos and order. Yeah, and what I love, I mean, I, there's so much in there. Like we could, there's so much in there. And I I appreciate all of it because what, what I love about it is it's, that was such a reminder of the the Hindu term uh, Leela. Are you familiar with the Hindu term no. Leela? So uh, the Hindu term Leela is is essentially the dance that we play like we know maya is the thing that that the the veil over what is actual reality the universal consciousness we are on the other side of maya but what we should be doing is not exclusively just trying to penetrate maya and get to the other side but leela is the dance the play within so it's exactly what you're saying it's the it's while we're here even though it's good to keep maybe one hand recognizing the 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 ultimate reality but also just be like you said be sean i'm here it's like i heard this somewhere i don't remember who said it i wish i did but it's like we were we were on the other side and we're sent here and it's like an amusement park and we're here to ride the rides like if they if they were on the other side whoever sent us here would be like i paid so much money for you to ride the rides and you're not riding the rides it's funny i i I have the same uh metaphor for i i think of it like a um like a Ferris wheel and the Ferris wheel goes up and the Ferris wheel goes down. And if that's all you can do is be on the, the, in one of the carts of the Ferris wheel. Yeah, man, life's going to be a little difficult, but in the center, if I crawl to the center of the Ferris wheel, I can stay there and I can stay, you know, I'm not going to go up and down and moving and all that sort of stuff. So I have that safety in the middle, but you go, well, well, what the heck are you on the ride for then? If you're just going right. to stay in the middle and, and do nothing. So um, you have to make choices of identification and choices of things to care about and choices to, to go up and go down and you know experience sadness and experience uh, happiness and go on that ride. Otherwise, like, well, what's the point? Just to just to sit here and go, all right, so I am I am yeah. the move mover. I you know I am you know solid and strong in the midst of a storm. Nothing can shake me. It's like okay, then you can sit right. there. While, yeah. while the world goes on around you 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I love that. And another thing, like what, what's so important about what you initially said is, is the gripping. I love the idea that we don't need to grip so hard because there was another analogy that I heard where it was just like, you know, that if, if a rope is, is going through your hands, have you heard this? If a rope is speeding through your hands and you're gripping it, um, the, the tighter the grip, the more you burn. So like if the, it's going to move no matter what. So you may as well just loosen your grip a little bit and let the thing flow through your hands. And it's like, it's not saying don't hold on. It's just saying don't hold on as tightly as you were. And it's so interesting because I, I love to hear that you had kind of a natural way and you weren't just picking up a book and underlining something that said you are awareness. Um, because I feel similar at one point, I was just like, wait, when I was born, I was a thing, but I didn't, I wasn't a name yet. I wasn't a role yet. I wasn't a son yet. I mean, I was to someone else, but not to myself. And I was like, what was I then? And then if I was something, then is it still there? Right. <laughs> and then I was like, how do I find that thing? And then, uh, you know, then we start, then we start searching. Then you start looking in some books <laughs> and listening to people and just feeling it, I guess, intuitively. But I love that you said that too, because I think at some point that just kind of, if you pause just for a second, you might find that. Yeah. And, and you do, you do have to pause and to a certain extent, our society and our culture, um, we're running on hamster wheels, right? And there's like no pause, no stop. And I don't have time to pause. I don't have time to think about things. Um, or I'm just going to distract myself to not think about things because we have all these distractions in front of us, but the truth is found in the middle in the silence, right? Um, my, my podcast in 2019 that I started, you know, Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know it was right at the time where I'm like going through this like spiritual shedding, uh, like the episode I did with Sammy Zayn, it's all about, or a lot of it's about, I'm like, yeah, Sammy, but what's the thing in the middle? Like what's underneath all of this stuff? Mm -hmm. like, I'm just figuring this out. I've got an interview, not on my podcast, but uh, with a Chris Van Vliet too, where I'm like in this like crazy state of like, I'm just starting to figure out. I'm like, I think I figured out the thing you can know. I think it's just that I am. I think that's it. I think it's like, I'm, I am, the, I'm perceiving. I don't know if my perceptions are right, but like, I'm perceiving. I know that. I know that for sure. I don't know if my perceptions are right, but I know I'm perceiving. Like, and it's like, it's so wild because I'm in mm -hmm. such a, a, a state of, you know, chaos. And, and that's what this, this will, will take you in. Like um, going on a spiritual journey isn't um, all fun. Um, it throws you into or threw me into uh, a lot of chaos to no longer see myself how I do, how I used to, the thing I thought I was, the thing I thought reality was, um, the thing I thought our, our, our culture was. Um, all these things exploded over the last few years and to find some footing and some grounding for that um, is, it can be difficult. Um, because you don't want to walk too far into the unknown, all, uh, then all of a sudden you're lost, right? Right. Um, As it, yeah, and it's it's so interesting because what what you find too is once you creep that door open of like even just truths about yourself, we don't even have to call it spiritual. Even just like the truths about your own trauma or your own internal landscape, once you open that door, it doesn't close again. You can't unknow the thing. And sometimes that's really hard because I feel like sometimes you're just like, I just want to close it and go back to thinking that like, 
heavy metal and pro wrestling were the things that mattered and that was it or whatever my whatever your thing is and but you just can't close it yeah and yeah. that and it's you can't you can't and it just continues because there's sort of always more to um realign yourself with i suppose or things to heal or things to learn you know as far as as far as i've come the past five and a half years you know some days i go oh man i'm not i'm not anywhere at all some days i look back and go holy crap i'm i've come a long way other days it's like yeah I, boy i'm not where i want to be uh, and yeah there's a there's a there's a perpetual learning and i think there has to be i think wherever you are to your point at the beginning it's like wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be um and the challenges of life will constantly unfold for you at the level you're at life gives you those challenges because of that that's where you're at yeah i mean that's that's such a difficult pill to swallow but it is very helpful to recognize that the, and I think I think it's a Ramdas thing that he and it's probably he got his things from everywhere else anyway. But you know, uh, you know, the lesson that you need to learn is the one that's right in front of you. Absolutely. And and it's it's you know it's just such a hard thing to do. But I feel like anything we do that kind of leads us to maybe a more compassionate place. And I'm not just saying it to everybody else, but to yourself even. It's like anything we do that leads us to a more vulnerable, more open place is, is beneficial. And even if it's a trial by fire version of it, you know, let, let me push back on that a little bit. Okay. Me, I'd love but, it. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Well, there's this idea of it. And I guess some of it depends on definitions. It's like, well, what is compassion? Cause I think mm -hmm. there's an idea you said, you know, it's openness and compassion. It's like, yeah, openness and compassion are good, but so are boundaries. Right. We're good too. Um, and so the idea that sort of unbridled compassion uh, is the highest virtue, which I see a lot now. I see mm -hmm. a lot it's like this idea that um, we need to be compassionate to people at all, you know, at the, at the cost of everything else. You need to be compassionate to yourself at the, you know, give yourself all this grace. Don't judge yourself. It's like, and here they go, maybe, I don't know if I give myself too much grace, I just lay in bed all day. Yeah. You know? I, I, I love that actually. I'm glad you said it because I actually have a similar thing because I will sometimes people will come to me about something like friends just just casually and they'll say, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to exercise today or I don't want to meditate today and I'm, and they're like, you know, I deserve a rest day and sometimes you do, but sometimes you deserve to feel how you'll feel after you push yourself. Yeah. You deserve to feel like the compassion might be to give yourself the that next feeling where like you do push yourself and you you do the thing that like yeah it's the compassion as a word it's just like many other words it's it's hard to uh to use these words because they're covered in moss and whatnot of understanding that like when right when i said it i felt it and then you said that and i was like you're right a lot of times compassion could lead us to just let someone walk all over us or or even let ourselves sink into a place because we think the thing might be too hard. So yeah, I definitely, I, I fully agree with that. And I, I'm so glad that you responded that way uh, because it's just, it's something we have to remember. Yeah. And, and I, again, I, I, I see that a lot 
in our uh, in our culture right now. And I think I mentioned this on on the uh, conversation I had with with Taylor Wilde, where I think that I think our culture suffers from the archetype of sort of the overindulgent mother a lot, right? It's like, look, when your child is two, you you tie his shoes for him. When he's four or five, you might. But if you're still doing it at 10 or 15 or 30, it's like your kid needs to learn how to tie his shoes. And uh, you ever seen Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah, so Game of Thrones in the first season, there's a Catelyn Stark's sister. And, you know, she she's still breastfeeding her kid at like seven or eight. And he's just weak and petulant. And that's the archetype of the overindulgent uh, mother. And we need to look out for that because if we indulge ourselves or others too much, you know, if we help out even too much, it's like, you know, this is how it shows up, dude. Like the moment, and I'm not making a case that you shouldn't help people out. I'm not right. saying that, you know, I use my words as exactly and carefully as I can. So everything I say is what I mean. And, um, you know, not more, right. Um, as soon as you help someone out, you're actually taking away uh, an opportunity for growth and experience for them, right? It's like, you know, you, you, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to, to fish, you know, you feed him for life. It's like, yeah, but if you don't teach him how to fish, he has to learn how to fish. And he has to uh, get the experience of learning how to learn. It's like, he's got to listen to the, the water. He's got to be in touch with nature. And it's like, well, that's, you know, someone that knows how to do that. I mean, they're a force. And, and I'm not saying never teach someone to fish. I'm not, not saying never give someone fish. Sometimes you give someone fish. Sometimes you teach them to fish. And sometimes you back off because they got to do it themselves. Um, and it, again, it shows up right away. I say the, the shadow of compassion is, is something like enabling. Um, and so we always have to watch out for that, that thing that shows up and use our discernment to you know how much should we help people? How much should I in, indulge other people and yourself too? How much should I indulge myself? Well, I'm not feeling it. Well, maybe today I need uh, a little bit of uh, you know judgment or I need some severity. You know, the the, the tree of the Kabbalah, the tree. You've got the the path of severity and the, the the path of mercy, and these are two things that must exist at the same time for every judgment let's say you make every decision you make it's mercy tempered with uh like judgment or severity again everything to me i think one of the fundamental patterns of reality is the masculine feminine and we're always looking to balance those things and those things are at play at all times um so if if you're saying oh which is you know if you're making the case we need we need compassion it's like well you're missing you know, judgment or, or, or severity or harshness. Uh, and if you're saying we need punishment, we, you know, this is what we see in society with um, something like, you know, what people might call cancel culture. It's like everybody, they need, they need to be punished for this. We, they need to be, they need consequences. It's like, yeah, for sure they need consequences. But do they also need mercy? It's like, well, yeah, they do. Right. And, right. and we all do at all times. Uh, and so you have to think about these things and realize that they exist together 
at all times. Yeah. And I, what I love about that, and I, I am a big, uh, I'm a big proponent at this point in my experience of, of the mother figure and especially drawn to, to Kali, uh, the Hindu deity. Uh, right. But what I love about her and that image and the symbol in the very basic understanding that I have is when you look at her, um, you know, she has, she has the human head in one hand and the sword in the, on, in the other. And then she has, uh, the opposite side like you just said the mercy she has an open palm to give boon and she's like she has this sword that she'll cut away the thing that's holding you back and it's not gonna feel good you know she is this ultimately protective mother but she will do it in a way that that hurts you know but also has that other side that is going she's the debt she's the creation and the destruction and if we look at that as the universal sense we can but even and as you there is a creation and destruction always happening. Like you can't create without destruction. So I'm loving hearing you say it because we do, it's so easy to just look at the light side. And I love that. And I, I need, I need it because, you know, I've been harsher than I have compassionate, you know, through my younger years. And because I was protecting myself, I didn't realize that, but a lot of my, like, this is the way it has to be. You should be doing it like this. You got to like this band or whatever, even something as trivial as that. I, 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 I was for kids, right? Oh, right, man. I, and it was like that band. You're stupid. Right. Oh, but we needed, we needed that. It was a way to protect myself. Uh, but now, you know, it, it's easier to, you know, it's armor. We had all this armor on. And you need it at some point when you're forming the identity. And you, like you said, you have to, you have to build it before you dismantle it. But it's, I love hearing, I, I just like the reminder that, hey man, like it's, it's not all creation, all compassion. It's also destruction and death in order to, and, and like you said, just severity and, and like, and, you know, the masculine side, if you want to use those terms. I, I just, I like the reminder. Yeah. You need, you need boundaries um, right. that you, you have to, again, even to have an experience here, you know, the idea of unity consciousness is um, in, incomprehensible to us because it would seem to me that even to have experience, you must have boundaries. The, uh, how can I experience anything if I'm not something to see this something. So you have to have, you know, you have to have boundaries to even have experience, it would seem. So the idea of unity consciousness is in incomprehensible, um, but you, you have to have it. It's just that the thing that protects you is also the thing that confines you. It shows up at the exact same time, right? It's like the wall you build to protect your city keeps people out but it also locks you in. So you need to have the fluidity. You need to have a gate to open up. Otherwise, like we're just trapped right. in the city, right? And um, and knowing, and, and so you have this perpetual um, building of walls and taking down of walls. And you have a perpetual um, navigation of how much openness versus how many boundaries how fluid should these boundaries be how how solid should they be where should the boundaries be because if you don't have boundaries it's like you'll get walked all over and in my experience man like 
in some real sense, I really think this is like this, like in a metaphysical way, your, your reality, like the reality you're experiencing, um, in a certain way, it will um, form around you with the boundaries that you create for it. So if I don't express to the world, to reality, through my actions, through my words, to other people, to just, if I don't lay my boundaries down to reality in all sense of the word, um, it will start to close in on me in ways I don't like it. Like if, um, if I have a job and I work too many hours and then I go, oh, I don't like this. And uh, you know, eventually I get a new job and I work less hours. I go, oh, I like this. But if I don't put my boundary down, eventually this new job, I'll just start to work more hours because I won't say no to my boss. I won't say no in my decisions of uh, you know, answering my emails in the middle of the night because they're there. And all of a sudden the job will just creep in on me further and further and further. So you have to express your boundaries to the world, to reality. Otherwise, it will close in on you. It will be in a place you don't want it to be. Things will be too close to you. And you either then have to push back or you become resentful and bitter that uh, like, oh, geez, my boss is having me work too many hours. It's like, well, did you ever tell him no? Right. I can't do that. I mean, I might get fired. It's like, well, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to work less hours or not? Like, and it's the same thing with everybody in your life. Oh, I don't like that this guy does it. Well, did you, did you ask your friend not to do this? You know, ha have you expressed your boundaries to everybody? Like, you're like, hey, this is the preference of where I'm at right now. And this is the preference of how I want my life right now. And so there, it, it's very important. Um, I, yeah, I, and I mean, this whole this whole conversation has just been good reminder at one after another. Um, but I I love that because I had a similar I had experience with uh, it was a relationship in my life that was challenging, and I found myself not able to speak my part, um, at least in a calm and like um, intentional way. And I walked away from one specific challenging moment and i thought and i didn't say anything and i thought because uh, i'm i avoid conflict i naturally and then i it hit me i was like oh i've never avoided conflict i just absorb the conflict like you never avoiding conflict the conflict is still there it's just not expressed and now i just swallowed the whole thing and now i, I have to that. carry I have I to carry that. it around. And I was like, oh no, that means I got a life worth of conflicts <laughs> that I haven't dealt with. And so, but when I realized that, you know, it was a game changer and I'm not saying I always do it right. And this is, you know, and hearing you talk about setting boundaries, I mean, it's, it's a trial by fire thing. We have to just, you have to try to like find your boundaries and find what works in, in every different situation, which I think is something that keeps kind of coming up as you talk that it's like, these things aren't, just always going to be the same and you know as you build you know this life in terms of boundaries and then like you, it's so it's so hard to do because we say boundaries are good and then we say oh but the walls can be bad and it's like well what do we do and it just takes I guess like that intellect and the and maybe even some heart space of feeling it both of like which 
what in this particular situation, am I saying the thing? Am I being as truthful as I can? And and that I feel like that's that's kind of a big part of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, dude, I loved everything you just said. Yeah, the conflict exists inside of you. It's like, yeah, it does. And you yeah. hold on to that. Your body holds on to that. It's freaking, um, it's freaking wild. And um, yeah, dude, it's a dance. It's a dance between the masculine and feminine. It's a dance between openness and boundaries and too tight of boundaries, too, you know, too tight boundaries um, and things are tyrannical, too much openness, too little boundaries and it's chaos, right? And you're constantly dancing dancing with that and to your point dude you just gotta be true as truthful as you can like to yourself too and we hide it's so funny how good we are at hiding things from ourselves oh. like you wouldn't think that that's possible but it's like it's totally possible it's mm-hmm. totally possible to go yeah i'm 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 happily married. I don't know why I ended up having this affair because I've just been happily married for all these years. It's like, well, if you had the affair, you weren't happily married in the first place. And you can really believe that. Um, And knowing, you know, when it comes to that honesty, it's like when when it's true and when I'm just being reactive, Mm. right? And that's another thing I think you need to be aware of. Um, you know what I mean by that? Right. I, I, I believe so. Like, um, I mean, I think that in my, what I'm hearing when you say that is what comes to mind is kind of, uh, an ability to respond a- instead of react, which means there's a little bit of space maybe like between the, the initial impact and what you do, like that little space changes the reaction. The reaction happens because that's that fight or flight and evolutionary tension that you said earlier, like, if a madman runs in, you do need to react. But if someone says that, you know, you're not smart or you're not good at your job or your idea was bad, ugh, that right. really sucks. <laughs> but like your idea is bad. And then you you do the thing like the madman ran in and you don't take the pause to respond because a response is so much different than a reaction oftentimes. I mean, you could react, let it, it's going to happen. The feeling is going to hit you. And then pause with it maybe and let it be there and then respond. I, I mean, it, that might be, that's what comes up for me when you yeah, said I that. Mean, that that's, I mean, I think that's exactly right. You know, that was an, the, uh, an issue I had in my job. It's like, if, if I identify with my ideas and someone uh, turns down my idea, Again, you take it as a, as a take it as a, an attack on me, as if the madman's coming in. And so there's the program inside of my body that goes, "I am my ideas, and if you turn down my ideas, it's an attack on me, and I need to defend it." Um, but if I take a second and I breathe, I go, "Okay, that's fine. There's there's nothing to take personally there. I don't need to let's say put down a boundary here and go, hey." you don't do that. I don't need to do that because you go, yeah, that's fine. And so it's knowing the difference between when I, when I do need to sort of step up and have this confrontation and clash against life, or when it's something that it's more internal that I can just deal with here, because there's those two components at all times sort of playing with themselves. Right. Um, 
if there's something going on in the external world that it's like, oh, I don't seem to care for that. And you can just sort of stop and see where that's coming from. And can I change my internal relationship to with what's going on out here? Or is this something that I need to act in the external world? And is that calling me? Is this is a problem that's calling me out into the world to do something about it as opposed to something that's pointing inside of me that needs to be um, needs to be dealt with? And it might be a little bit of both. You might go, oh, you know, my boss is a dick to me. I might go, hey, there's this program inside of me, the subconscious program that says, um, you know, my worth is uh, dictated by how others perceive me. And so I might take notice of that and work to rewire and reprogram myself to go, no, your value, your worth is not dictated by how someone treats you. It has nothing to do with you. And so that's a part of me that a part of the situation I need to take care of. But I might also be called to go, hey, boss, stop being a dick. Right. Or I might be called to go, hey, I'm not going to deal with this anymore and leave. But if you're ignoring either side of that, you're ignoring an important aspect. I think so many times, um, I think before, you know, I think a lot in our culture, in our society, people try to manipulate the external world to meet their internal desires. They go, okay, if I can just change this, if you can just be nicer and, and if this can be here, if I can just make, it's like, well, you're missing a huge component, which is your relationship, your internal relationship to what's going on. But again, you go too far on the spiritual side of things. You just go, okay, all situations are as equal as the other situations. And you go, you go, maybe it's a little, little Buddhist or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go, yes, all, you know, I have no preferences. I have no wants. All situations are equal to others. It's like, okay, but how do you live then if all situations are equal to others? If all mm-hmm. circumstances are just the same as other circumstances? Like yeah. you can't live. It's like, right. why would you get out of bed or not get out of bed? It's like you right. have to somehow, right? right. Uh, so you have to you have to play in the world uh, mm-hmm. or, or get out. You know, you know that's the you can, if you want to leave the world, okay. But if you're going to be here, you have to play in it. You don't yeah. have an option. Yeah, I, I love that too because um, there's a just a very simple little thing you said where you said it might be both, and in many times it is, and that internal and external, and that it's such a good thing to remember that it's like, there's a lot going on and it's going to be hard to kind of figure it out. And you have to look outside yourself and inside yourself. It's not just one. And, uh, I just, it's a good thing to remember because, you know, oftentimes if we go down the spiritual side and we say, Oh, I can work on this internally always, but then you stay at a job that's, that's kind of taking advantage of you or something like that. It's like, Oh, there is something, this external thing is causing this stimulus inside me that, you know, if I'm getting shocked by the electrical outlet, I can pull my finger away. <laughs> like you can, I'm allowed to, right? Yeah, like, like you can do that if a, if a relationship or something is shocking your system constantly, because you can't take that forever. But then once you step away from the shock, then maybe sometimes that is the time to say, okay, now what was, why was it shocking me so much? What was it that was hitting where, where are my wounds that that was especially hitting. So to remember that it can be both that little bitty, you, you know, right before your big explanation, it could be both. It's like, Oh, 
I'm just going to write that down just to remind myself, Hey man, it's, it's not just one. And that's where you get into like the spiritual bypassing too, where it's just like, Hey, everything is fine, man. Like everybody's, and I, I've been there. I, I sometimes, I have to struggle with it. I think you have to start at some point, you know, like we said earlier, like compassion only goes so far. Like but it doesn't excuse actions. Like if somebody, like I can see you, if you abuse me, you know, in a, let's, let's not use an extreme example, but in like a workplace, you take advantage of me in a workplace and make me work extra hours. Uh, like I can, um, I just kind of lost my train of thought, but like the, that idea that, uh, well, I just totally lost it. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, so so be it i guess but yeah but um yeah no it's gone i've just yeah, dropped well, it well look it, it, it's it's okay just to have preferences too. right like uh, you were talking about you know spiritual bypass in there right. and how you know i went through that a bit to go everything is perfect and as it should be it's like mm-hmm. oh that's true but also uh you have to live it's like right. so it's like finding gratitude an appreciation for this moment and going, yes, this moment is perfect, but also there is something worth doing, uh, mm-hmm. which, which means it's not perfect in some sense. Yeah. Too, right. Uh, and there is a, a large spiritual bypass. If you go, everything in the world is how it should be. And it's, it's fine. We're all just children of God. We're all just on our journey. And I can just be here and, you know, sit here and just, you know, be still. It's like, yeah, actually, there's a lot of suffering in the world. And you yeah. want to, you know, help ameliorate that suffering because that suffering is happening to you. You might not be experiencing it, but the consciousness that is you is suffering. We're all a part of this one thing. So there's a part of you that is having a miserable time. And do you want to do you want to help out now? Because it's happening to you, whether you're experiencing, yeah. whether Chris is experiencing the suffering or not suffering is happening to me um and you go well everybody else is just on their own journey they got to figure out themselves it's like sort of but not really you know a little bit yes yes but also be there the game is played here this is where the game is played on three-dimensional reality yeah yeah i i i love that and it's it's yeah it's 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 you have to be engaged like inaction is not really a choice because even in action, you're making that choice. And it's just like, get on the rides. And it's so, what I love about this whole conversation is if someone's listening to this, there's probably points where they're like, well, sometimes they tell me to do it. Sometimes they tell me not to do it. And it's like, oh yeah, it's all of it. It's this weird non-dual idea that like we're putting the things in the boxes and set, and organizing our external world. But in reality, it's just, it's all, it's all one thing. So it's not, but we still, that that's why it's so hard to engage in. That's why it's difficult because you have to play and you have to, uh, you know, do these things that feel contradictory, but well, they're right. Well, cause there's a certain paradox in reality um, because it's all one thing. And it's also all the individual things at the same time. Right. And you have to acknowledge both those things at once. If you go, yeah. Oh, everything is one. You go, well, there's nothing to do. If everything is just a piece that's separate from itself, that leads to a pathology in and of itself. So you have to 
recognize the two at once. Are you familiar with um, uh, uh, Rudolf Steiner at all? Do you know any of his work? I, I don't. I know the name, but I, I don't know much of his. Pretty, I, I'm not a huge Rudolf Steiner guy, but he's, he's a pretty prolific um, uh, writer and, and speaker from about 100 years ago. And he would talk about um, the, the two incarnations of Satan, right? On one hand, you have uh, the Luciferian, and the other hand, you have uh, what he called the Armonic. Ar um, and the Lucifer character was the character that brought psychedelics to the world, that encouraged this idea of all oneness and not engaging in this world, but just trying to transcend this world. And the Armonic um, spirit, let's say, is the idea of everything's materialism. It's just completely materialistic, you know, mechanistic uh, universe and, and world. And that's the way to, and we see a lot of this now, right? Like our, our, our science is just like completely materialistic and mechanistic and it doesn't recognize spirit or even metaphysics sometimes. It's like insane. And the Christ character is the thing that balances the two that, you know, is, is, on, is on the cross in between the, 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 the two thieves on, on either side and the character that's in this world, but not of this world that balances uh, the light and the dark. So you, you see this uh, symbolism, I mean, freaking everywhere. I mean, this is why I, you know, you look at the yin and yang symbol and I just see so much in it. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not expert on what it is. I've barely looked up what it is, but I look at it and I go, oh yeah, look at that. Look at how much that's saying and how true it is um, with this constant just balance be between the two things of the right. life of masculine and feminine, of the multiplicity and the union. Yeah. I love that too, because it's, it, we have this impulse and maybe it's a cultural thing to like pick a side, to have an, a decision, fill in the right multiple choice thing because there's one answer. And this is why I love uh, a lot of like, a lot of mystics sort of teach in like a non-dual sense. And I love the symbolism. So that's why I really like to hear anytime, anything about, you know, these, these, especially spiritual and religious symbols that show us the contradiction of, everything the the non-dual sense in everything the, the the how everything is kind of working on both planes at once you know once, even, yeah. yeah and it's like even even though the bible has i mean i'm not a scholar but the has been taken in a way to oppress oppress people and all the all the negative sides but if we just look at the non-dual symbols in there you know like mary was a virgin and she gave birth non-dual like contradictory things all happening with it's the it's all happening you know jesus is divine and human or you know and there's a there's a hindu uh but in vedanta ramakrishna i don't know if you've heard of ramakrishna so it's it's someone that i i read a lot about and one of the things when his uh disciples would come to him he would ask you know do you see, see god as with form or without or formless and uh you know i i don't know all the answers but basically he would just say yes to both god is with form and god is without form and this if we just take these as symbols and just as symbols of what it means to be on earth in this world in this incarnation if we take these things as like all of it 
is interacting with itself and it feels so contradictory because we want to say no there's the right there's a right answer right because if there's not a right answer then what do we do like it's so scary i think because our culture is so absolute and you know i don't know really how to express that that idea of, of that you know thing in the absolute there almost is no absolute it's like oh it's hard to say because everything this language is contradictory well but one of, one of the things that helps helps me rectify these two things because that's really what we're, we're doing is trying to rectify the issue of multiplicity and union but we see that throughout all of reality it's like you know here's here's my finger but it's also part of a hand and there's two hands but it's also part of a body so you see in a in this way that all of reality is made up of both uh, a union and the multiplicity and you recognize that um, through, through pattern recognition, which in some real sense is what consciousness is. It's the ability to recognize patterns, which is seeing, seeing union in the multiplicity. Like your life will be chaos if you um, uh, only look at things as individual stuff. Like I used to think this, I, you know, when I first sort of came to this realization of going, oh, this fight with my girlfriend, it's that, this isn't the thing. I'm dealing, I keep dealing with, with life as, as if the fight is just the fight. It's like, no, the fight is part of a pattern of, of fights. That pattern is created by the root cause, which is the uh, combination of my false subconscious beliefs and her false subconscious beliefs. So, so I've started to see everything in terms of patterns and it helps you under, it's helped me understand things because you see that reality is self-similar across levels and between levels. And this is, you know, this is why you can see the pattern of the feminine and masculine everywhere. You know, you can see it how you how merciful and you know how much judgment you have in yourself or with others. How many boundaries I should have here? How much openness I should have here? How much you should as a country because it's it's self similar. You know, uh, 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 between levels as well. Uh, and there's other there's all these other patterns in reality and the some of the patterns are in, embodied, not embodied, but expressed through stories, right? This is why stories can be told because I can tell a story and if it's a good story, I can abstract the moral of that story and I can use that moral somewhere else. So you see that reality is, it's patterned in so many ways. Like there's the pattern of, of cycles. Things are always in cycles and you can see that. Um, you know, there's the pattern of, of gender. There's the pattern of, of, of polarity. You can see uh, that in many things. And there's the pattern of patterns because it's a fractal universe. Um, and that's the, the recognition of patterns is I think how one reconciles the multiplicity and unity at the same time. That's how you rectify that. Well, and and as you know, difficult as that is to, to really, uh, absorb in like a day-to-day -day thing like to live with that recognition it's 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 not easy but what i what i love about that is when you threw when you said stories 
it's like the story is the way to express that in a way that like our bodies and our minds kind of can absorb. And if we look at these stories, you know, whether they be the movies our culture makes or the, 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 the texts that we put out, like these stories, yeah, are expressing this, uh, all the levels that are happening in subconsciously in us. And so it's, if that's, if anyone was listening and they're like, what is happening? Uh, the stories, like your stories about yourself, your, the, the movies you watch, like you're, there's always these clues to find out like more about the reality that you're living in. And we do it through those stories. Yeah. And in, in some sense, the stories are uh, how to explain the more complex cause and effects of, of reality, right? So we live in a, this place is a bit of a, um, you input something in and it outputs something back to you, right? So there's, there's a cause and effect. You use your free will choices and then there's the natural laws of the universe. And it's like an algorithm. If I do this, this comes back at me, right? And the stories show, show that. It shows how, oh, if I you know, willingly confront my fear, um, I will transmute the fear into, into love let's say. And you go, well, what do you mean when you say that? You go, well, watch the story. It means that. And it means if you do that, if you confront your fear, if you let go of your selfish idiosyncrasies and you sacrifice that to adopt universal versal principles, you'll redeem yourself and the world. I mean, that's basically what Joseph Campbell, and I'm not a big Joseph Campbell scholar, but that's basically the conclusion he came to. It's like, that's what the hero is. The one that that sacrifices his selfish idiosyncrasies to adopt universal principles and thereby redeems himself and the world. And you see that, and you see that in the story of the Hobbit. And you go, who's the who? And what's the story of the Hobbit about? It's like it's about you. It's about what happens if the call to adventure knocks on your door and you answer it, and all the things that you'll have to come across. But what happens in the end if you navigate it properly? Um, and so you see patterns in the stories. You see patterns everywhere, and it tells you something about the reality that there is a way to live to get better results than other ways to live. Right. You know, what I like. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's uh, it's interesting too because you think about it, and it's a, it's kind of a dangerous game, just like any of this is. Is you have the input and the output, but I think what a lot of people. Um, where a lot of people struggle is they already have an output in mind. Like they already think they know what the output is going to be based on their input. You know what I mean? So it's almost as if, you know, the, uh, I think a, 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 a recurring theme in the Bhagavad Gita is do things, but without the, the expectation of the result, do things, but not for the result of those things. So yes, there will be output. And it might, like you said, if you can zoom out, you're right. Like that's tr the things that you just said, like these big stories about redemption and, and, and the Joseph Campbell uh, perspective are true, but they might not play out the way you think they will. And so that, cause I think a lot of times you put the, put the input in and then it comes back. You're like, wait, but I'm, you know, I didn't get the ring, didn't go into the, in Mordor and everything's fine now. And it's like, well, not that's, 
don't expect that yet. Like you have to put, continue to put the input in, in, like we said earlier, in the truest way that you know how, and then not, not hold on too tightly to the output, but also know on a larger scale that that output will come back because like you said, it is, it is a sense of there are, there are patterns, there are things. And, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to do when like you have expectations of, well, I've been good the whole time. And I, you know, I worked all the extra hours or whatever version it is like, okay, you gotta let go of what you expect and let what is kind of be there. And it's so, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And, and in some real sense, it's a, it's a matter of, of faith. And if this, if this place is good, if reality is good, and I, I, I go back and forth sometimes. I, 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 I believe it to be good, but it might not be. Like, I have to keep that in, in mind. It's like, this, this could be uh, some level of hell. I don't know. You know, the, the demiurge, you know, could have created this place as a, a place of torture for us. I don't know. Uh, but I'm not sure it matters. Because I think the way of being is the same either way. I, I think that with a lot. I think that, you know, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't matter, you know, who the bad guys in the world are. It doesn't, none of this matters because the truth is the same. That if I make the proper sacrifice, I'll get the proper reward the proper redemption will happen. Whatever things are true about reality, you know, if it is if it is in fact true that the hero is the one that sacrifices their selfish idiosyncrasies and adopts universal principles and that redeems themselves and the world, if that's true, it's true built into the fabric of reality and nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what religion you are or what political view you hold. It's like, that's true. And so all of the rest of it just ends up being noise. Um, and and I think I think there's a lot of noise in the world, at least at least right. for, you know, for, for me and I think for other people as well, you get distracted by a lot of things. Um, and so there is a there's a bit of a, a grounding like foundation in there for me, for me personally to go. Yeah. I don't know what history is. I don't know how many lies there are about history, about this world, because this place is weird. This is a weird place we're in, no doubt. And there's a lot of deception in this place. And you go, well, what can I hold on to here? What can I ground myself in? Well, the, the truth that if I do the best thing, if I act as honestly and forthrightly as possible, then perhaps the best thing happens. And in my corner of the world, that's all I can do. Um, yeah. And so there's, yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's awesome. And it reminds me, there's a, there's a Christian mystic named Richard Rohr. Are you familiar with yeah. Richard Rohr? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, he says something, you know, if it's true, it's true everywhere. Like the truth is the truth. And what's interesting though, is you have to do the internal work too, because sometimes that truth that you're so sure of is, is a lot of conditioning and a lot of stuff that you have to dig through. So you might, you might be like, Oh, it's, you know, you're a lot of your judgments that you feel are so true. You know, it's, you got to analyze that stuff because I, I think we, we jump quickly to the truth and we need to be even skeptical of our own truths enough to discern what was, put on us and what is fear and what, because if, 
if it's easy to misjudge your fear for truth, you know, it's really yeah. is. So it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous game, but like, yeah, I agree with you fully. I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I want everybody, like anyone who listens to be like, okay, make sure, like, look at it first. Yeah. And look, it's, it's absolutely true. The, the, um, what you brought up the problem of going, well, what is true then? And I don't believe what anybody says anymore. Like even the people I like that I respect, I go, they say a lot of things that I tend to agree with. It's like, I, I take that with a grain of salt. Um, I don't believe anything almost at all. I, the things I put my, um, I put value in are observation of nature and logic. That's it. Because nature doesn't lie. And if I can put two and two together in a, in a logistical way, then that's true. You know, if this is true, then this must be true. I mean, logic is like the, the, the math of reality, not, not the math, isn't the math of reality in a way. Um, but you know that it's like, if A is, pre if the claim is, if A is present, then B must be pre present. Then if A is not present and or whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Logic's important. That's my yeah. point. Logic, rationale, and observation of nature. And nature doesn't lie. So that's where I look to find the truth, not in what anybody says. Um, I, I can look at what someone says, but then I have to look out in reality and go, is that true in reality? You know, if someone talks about the dance between the light and the dark, the masculine and feminine, I go, Yes, look, it's true here, 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 it's true here. That's true. Oh my gosh. It's so true. It's true all around. It's true from the beginning of creation. It's true everywhere. It's like, that's true. And so that must be important. That's built in the fabric of reality. And so there's different things like that. I don't, you know, it's like, I love my Christian, Christian brothers and sisters, but they think that, you know, if they, you think the, the truth comes from the Bible, it's like, no, it doesn't come from the Bible. It if there's truth in the Bible, it's true because it's true out here. And we'll know it's true out here because things that are true are true yesterday. They're true today. They're true tomorrow. They're transcendently true. Those are the right. natural laws of, of reality. And that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, I love that too, because I, I, I do think it's just, it's using the heart and the head. It's the intellect is important, but observation and, and, and a sense of feeling and recognizing things also comes from, you know, your gut, your heart, whatever version you want to use. But I, I love that I intellect has always been a little scarier for me because I like abstract stuff. And I've never been like, I was never a math or science guy. You know, I just got those multiple choices wrong, you know, but like, I think it's important to hear that, that, um, you know, intellect and, um, observation and, and like the, all the spiritual stuff also has to be combined with some rational thinking. And without that, like you're, you're not using all the tools in your toolbox, you know, and be willing also to be wrong about some of the equations you made up. You oh, know, if you yeah. a, a plus oh, B yeah. equals C, and then, I mean, that's what a good scientist does. That's the difference between this is the benefit of science versus people who are very harsh religious people, not mystics and people who are more open, but you know, the harshest ones, you know, aren't willing to retest themselves, retest their, their hypothesis or their, their theories. And I like 
yeah, be willing, be willing to be wrong in that, that logic. I, I think that's, but I love the reminder that intellect is and logic is, is a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think that's one of the, um, like I said, the tools we have to, to know things and we can know some things to be true. You know, I was a bit of a solipsist a couple of years ago going, oh, the only thing I know is that I am and, you know, my perception is reality and all this sort of stuff. And go, well, no, I can, I can know that two plus two is four. I can know that. I can know that if this is a bottle of water, then it's not, not a bottle of water. The law of non-contradiction. I can know that. So there are things you can know from the ground up um, that, you know, we use our, our rationale for, but also, like I said, dude, I've been wrong so much. Like if I said something that someone listened to this conversation and they got upset and they go, oh, you stupid. It's like, yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> we're real stupid. Oh um, man, I, I hope we're wrong. You know, I hope there's things in it. Like, I hope I can look back. When I started this podcast, I was like, I hope that when I look back, I'm not like, I, I know that, oh, I did that. Oh, well, I don't agree with that. Or, oh, I should have done this. I, that means that I'm actually in the game. Yeah, man. Look, there's a, one of my conversations on my podcast with uh, Seth Rollins. And we're just like, we're, we're nihilist determinists. And I'm like, I look back at them like, whoa, that is so wrong. It's like, yeah. we're, we're denying free will and uh, saying nothing matters. It's like, look, those were important sort of steps in my journey. But I look at that and go, no, that's that's not correct. It's like, try right. try to live out the idea that nothing matters. It's like, go ahead and try try to live that out. That like, you can't. So yeah. pass, go go ahead and try to live out the idea that you don't, you don't have free will. It's like, it's a self-defeating proposition. It's like right. everything you've ever done in your life is predicated on the idea that you have free will. You treat yourself as you have free will. You treat others, they have free will and it works. So it's built in the fabric of reality. So right. Yeah, um, totally. whatever. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the point is, um, I'm probably wrong about a lot of things, <laughs> right. and that's okay. And I think we need to have grace with each other as we navigate through this world, because we're all learning and we're all wrong, and we have to have the grace uh, for each other uh, as we clumsily stumble through the halls of life. Right. Right. Well. All this is perfect. And what I love about this is that I didn't look at my notes at all. There was no, there was no, nothing at all, but I do, I have been ending with two, two questions. So I want to get these questions in and see where you stand uh, or just what your answers are. One of which is just, I started this podcast um, one to just do something that's uncomfortable and follow whatever my gut said. I just had this idea and I was like, I shouldn't do it. And then I was like, well, you thought it. So here we go. <laughs> but another side of it, it was just to share things that I think, you know, share ideas that I think are, 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 are worth having or just anything. So, and cause I love to share my favorite songs and I love to share books. I read, it's just people like to share. So what I'm asking you is, do you have any suggestions? It could be a song. It could be a book. It could be a practice. It could be anything at all. Just this thing that you're like, man, I really like this thing or this thing worked for me. Here, people try this. Uh, the, the book I recommend to everybody's sort of starting journey um, is The Four Agreements. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah. Maybe a little, little trite, but it's like, no, man, it's so good. So good. Uh, I've read it probably five times in the last five years and I get something new out of it all the time. It, it was the book that really helped me start to 
untangle myself, um, you know, from, from all, you know, from, how do you say this, other people and my perceptions of, of them and me and to go, oh no, wait, I'm responsible for my emotions. I'm responsible for this part of me and you're responsible for that part of me. It's or that part of you. It's like, great. Um, Cause we're all tangled up. And so that was a, a big liberating book to read. And it's got a lot of wisdom in it. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I, I definitely need to pick it back up. I think I've only done it once in its entirety. Um, but I used to have the four agreement. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I used to have, yeah, I used to have it pinned at my workstation, like the four agreements just, you know, in themselves just pinned there. And I would just look at it all the time and I would constantly fail throughout the day of, of doing them. Um, but they were a good reminder. So I totally, totally into that one. Uh, my other thing is, uh, remember in Peter Pan, the Lost Boys had like a happy thought that was let them fly. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're familiar with that. Probably everybody is. Uh, So if without having to go too deep, is there like just like a thought or something that brings up joy in you? Like something that if you were if you were somewhere in Neverland and you had to fly and they're like, oh, we'll just have your happy thought. What would it be? Um, my, my ex-girlfriend of, we broke up for like five years, um, but she, she was really loving, like she's a really special, special person, um, and she did so many beautiful things, like when you say, hey, is there something that, you know, happy but it's like oh, I'm crying it's not out of loss I'm like oh I should be with her anything it's nothing like that it's like it's such beautiful stuff mm. that moves me to um yeah it, it touches the deepest part inside of me and go oh that's how you love someone oh wow yeah and we had so many beautiful uh times together so uh, yeah wow. she's great that that is what I love about your answer is that it was the least detailed answer I've gotten, but almost the most profound one. <laughs> like that that I could see that you actually that was it. Like if we were in Neverland, you would be flying right now. Like that would be it. Like there wasn't it wasn't like going through the book and being like, oh, chapter three was good. I think this could work. That was that was a genuine, like I loved how like I could feel it. So yeah, that's that's a good answer, and uh, yeah, I I appreciate you sharing that. That's really really cool. Um, so I feel good. Um, actually, you know, and I I feel like there's a couple of my wrestling fans friends that are going to be annoyed that I didn't talk any wrestling at all, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm very happy. I I I love that I didn't look at my notes at all. <laughs> you know, um, is there anything else you wanted to share or anything else you wanted to get out there no just asking for the grace of all the listeners for uh whatever i said that wasn't correct and whatever i said that wasn't elegant or that articulate um 
to go, hey man, we're all just these characters that are stumbling through life in some way. And, you know, I think that's one of the fears that I have um, is that because a lot of what I say and think I'm working out, you know, constantly, it's like, I've been, I've been thinking about certain things for like a year. It's like, I've been thinking about, you know, morality for two years. Like where, where does this come from? Right. And I mean, I really mean it. Like I think about these things a lot. Right. Um, and so it's, you know, I appreciate this conversation because it gives me a chance to express some of where I'm at um, and even hear myself say it to someone and go, is this right? Is this, this, cause this is how it appears to be. This is how this appears to me. Does that appear to you that way? Do you mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? Does that match up with what you're saying? So it's just thinking and growing is a process of evolution of stumbling and falling and sometimes gripping something that works and sometimes gripping something that you should have never held on to in the first place. Um, and so I guess I've got this fear that I'm going to say something and mm. just get canceled for it. Just right. you said what? Uh, and I'm just a guy that's trying to figure things out. And um, that's what I want to say. Yeah. You know, and I will say, let me be the reflection for you for a moment and say that like, I, I feel like I can tell that these aren't haphazardly thrown together thoughts, that there is intention and and not intention to change anyone, but intention to yourself to be true. Like, I feel like I can sense throughout your, first of all, and you did sound super articulate the whole time. <laughs> like, so every, but my my point more so being that, yeah, it, it, it felt like there was, there was deliberation and, and, and attempt to be as genuine as possible. It very much came across to me. So let me just be that reflection to you that it does seem like this is not just you tossing things around. And I mean, in a way, you know, we all are doing that, but in a real sense, it definitely seems like what, it seems like you're definitely doing this work intentionally and i appreciate the that you're willing to step out and share it because it is it is scary to share you know yeah. these philosophies and whatnot it is especially when it's you know maybe not what other people think or but it's like yeah i want the best for for everyone I want the best for the world. You know, we're all children of God. If that's the metaphor you want to use, and I think it's a completely appropriate metaphor. Um, and I freaking want the best for all of us. Right. Um, and I know there's a inclination that we all have to look at other people and go, see on my team or not. Is this some is this something in reality that is against me or for me? Is it gonna help me survive or is it gonna maybe kill me? And so we have this natural proclivity to see what in the world is gonna be beneficial to us and what might you know kill us, what might be a problem for us. And so we want to put people in that and there's perfect utility to it. Um, but I guess I'm saying, like, hey man, we're all on the same freaking team. Um, 
whether you know it or not. So, yeah, I love that. And I, I think I'll, I'll mirror it with a, a one last Ram Dass quote in that we're all just walking each other home. You knew it was coming. Like, I feel like you knew that one, but we're all just walking each other home. And uh, it's hard to see sometime, but even in the conflict, we are walking each other home. So um, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I love this. Um, I'm probably going to have to re-listen to it just to absorb some of the some of the stuff you said. So um, this is exactly the type of conversation I was hoping to have when I started this. So I definitely appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, just thank you. I love hearing it. Thank you, dude. All right, man. See you later. Mm-hmm.